All right, welcome to Old School, Jank Uger, Batman Quiz, Rick Strom. <clears throat> uh, Rick's, of course, from TYT Sports. <clears throat> and we do, uh, generally speaking, not serious topics, but a very serious story just broke. It just broke, so we're gonna do that now. Um, so, uh, un unprecedented, quite literally, uh, Roe versus is going to be struck down by the Supreme Court. Uh, Politico has obtained the first draft of Samuel Alito's majority opinion. There are five justices that have already signed on, and they are not going to strike down uh, Roe v. Wade around the edges. They're going to kill it entirely. Let me read you parts of the majority opinion, then I'll give you the nuance about when this is actually going to become public and official. Is there anything that could be done about it? We'll explain all of that. But apparently, Alito writes, according to Politico, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. His reasoning was exceptionally weak, and the decision has had damaging consequences. And far from bringing about a national settlement of the abortion issue, Roe and Casey have inflamed the debate and deepened division. Alito then goes on to write, we hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. It's time to heed the Constitution and return the issue of abortion to the people's elected representatives. So this decision is going to come out in about two months time. It's also unprecedented that a Supreme Court decision has been leaked before it is published. And Politico went to great pains to explain this is of paramount importance to the country. That's why they had it and they published the document. The first draft is not necessarily exactly what gets written. There are edits and revisions along the way. And theoretically, the justices could change their mind, but very, very, very likely they will not. So down goes Roe. Now the question is, what are the Democrats going to do about it? What are the Republicans gonna do about it? We'll discuss all that. By the way, the deciding vote was not Chief Justice John Roberts. It is unclear which way he's going to vote. Breyer, Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan, the three liberal justices are gonna vote no, of course. Um, the five justices in favor of getting rid of uh, Roe, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Samuel Alito, who apparently is writing the majority opinion, and Amy Coney Barrett. So uh, the Republicans blocked Merrick Garland for over a year. He would have had that seat. And then within a week of the elections, uh, when Trump was up for re-election, they confirmed Amy Coney Barrett. It was a wildly hypocritical, unbelievable move. The Democrats, as usual, were completely ineffectual in blocking it. And now it has made all the difference. Almost all the red states will immediately ban Roe, and then they'll work on national legislation to probably ban it across the nation if the Republicans are to get the majority in all of Congress and the presidency. And that seems, given what's happened so far, imminent. Right now, there is one piece of theoretical good news, but do not get excited. There's almost no chance it'll happen. The Democrats can pass Roe versus Wade as legislation, something that is very, very similar to that Supreme Court decision. And all they need is a simple majority in the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And they have that now. And so, mark it down in stone. There is no chance the Democrats can do that because they're the most incompetent party in history. Uh, by the way, 70% of the country is pro-choice, and now we'll live under an oppressive state brought to you by the Republicans. Ben, thoughts? 
Uh, this is the Missouri, uh, Mississippi case that, uh, for, so there are a couple things that are unprecedented. <clears throat> I mean, Politico, and I just read the Huffington Post story, <clears throat> excuse me, rather than Politico, but it was the Huffington Post story about Politico. So I don't know what Politico's explanation was for printing it, but obviously I think any news organization that got an opinion ahead of time, they're duty bound to run the, run the story. It, what what strikes me as interesting, and I, I have no idea whether I'm correct here, is this is breaking news to me as it is to, to all of you, is that this got leaked. I mean, that's how Politico got it. Somebody at the Supreme Court gave it to them, right? You know, gave it yeah. to whatever reporter because they thought it was important enough two months out to have these justices uh, feel the enormous heat of public opinion before they do something so horrible and dramatic, and that maybe. Uh, uh, that could sway them. I mean, I'm gonna guess that John Roberts is gonna, well, probably being personally uh, against uh, anti-choice, was probably leaning toward leaving the precedent as is uh, and not having the court um, take this step. But I, I don't, of course, know. But if it is five to four, then it would be, you know, then it gives, you know, then there's enormous pressure and Roberts can use that pressure. I can't believe we're counting on him uh, to turn a vote. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not counting on him. I, I this opinion will almost certainly it would seem uh, appear largely in the form it is now. Uh, whenever the Supreme Court uh, releases it and makes its ruling, yeah. Um, look, uh, theoretically, public pressure could affect the justices, but I would be shocked if those five justices were affected by public pressure. Uh, and of course, a lot of them, uh, including famously Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, promised Susan Collins that he would mm -hmm. not overturn Roe v. Wade and that he respected precedent. Uh, TYT called BS on that, uh, as did any sane person. We laughed and laughed. But yet, the national media and the Democratic Party and everybody else went along. Oh, yeah, yeah, you never know, could happen. No, they, they're going to vote based on uh, political opinions. And that's obvious, and it's pretending otherwise is absurd. Rick, thoughts? So obviously this is, um, by the way, hi, Ben, uh, good to see you. Um, I, uh, how I view this is a few different ways. Um, the first is, to my recollection, there was pressure on the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg to retire at the time uh, because a lot of us feared the inevitable. Um, and unfortunately, it's something that's going on right now with Senator Dianne Feinstein from California <clears throat> is understanding the threat that the other side of the aisle faces when it comes to serious issues like this. Many disagreed that Justice Ginsburg should have retired at the time because uh, they wanted to see her fulfill her legacy for a few more years. As we know, there is absolutely no shame on the other side of the aisle. And that seat on the Supreme Court was flipped. As it turns out, that was a ginormous move. Um, as we have said, there are no morals or values when it comes to right wing circles, specifically after a justice dies who had such an impact, it only takes a matter of weeks in order to flip it. However, if it's according to Mitch McConnell, an election year, we need to focus on the election. And we can't bring on a Supreme Court justice. 
So seeing that along with obviously many other variables that are going into this, um, incredibly dark. But I do recall what one activist said, an abortion activist who's, who uh, essentially exclaimed that this is not going to end abortions. It's just gonna make them less safe. Yeah, well, and also, yeah, that's right, that's right. Please, please go ahead, Ben. Well, I mean, it's gonna make them less safe and it's gonna, I mean, it, it's going, that is a, uh, while there is truth in that, it is going to end abortion for millions and millions of Americans whose, yes, some of them will be able to get unsafe abortions, I presume, but mostly it'll just become impossible. And a lot of people who don't wanna have children are gonna have children. Um, and a lot of women are going to have their health care dictated to them by the state, depending on which state it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I doubt very seriously that Jenks, what you laid out, uh, will come true as the Republicans, if they gain the majority, passing national abortion legislation, because it's likely to be a narrow majority, and there's still probably some Republicans who wouldn't support that. But uh, like, but 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 by the way, it doesn't matter, man. The, the, like the damage is done. Right, I mean, as you said, red states, and and here's where the the unspoken failure of the spoken failure of Democrats is, and 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 their inability to get things done has is is obvious. What what also happened was you know a thousand or twelve hundred seats, Jenk, you'll correct me, if you know where it is that were lost between 2008 and 2016 under. You know, again, I mean, Barack Obama's the head of the country, he's the head of the party. It's not entirely his doing, but it's not not his doing. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, so we lost state legislated seats across the board, a thousand seats across the country, um, uh, uh, frequently to uh, nut jobs, right? Who then, by the way, uh, propelled themselves from state legislatures, many of them into Congress now, right? Which is how we have this. Long list of uh, uh, seemingly insane people, unstable people, as uh, uh, members of Congress, who almost all, by and large, came from state legislators. Uh, so you know, you lose. You think, oh well, what's what's the big deal? Democrats no longer have, uh, you know, they no longer control the Ohio legislature, the Pennsylvania legislature, et cetera, so on and so forth down the list. Well, this is what happens, man. This is what happens, and in states where the Republicans control control the legislature and the governorship. Uh, there, I imagine every single one of them are going to pass uh, uh, various forms of anti-choice legislation. Some will be more draconian than others. Some will just ban it outright. I imagine. Uh, and I just once again, will history? You know, he's a, he is as evil a person as there is. But uh, you know, Mitch McConnell uh, may be the most consequential. Legislator in the history of the United States Congress, certainly in his of his era. Yeah, there's any doubt about that. Yeah, he's the top politician of my lifetime. Yeah, and and he did this, and yeah. so right. you have to give him credit or discredit for it. I know you have to give discredit to the Democrats who were completely and utterly impotent in fighting back, and that's how they'll be going forward. So. A lot of people have written in and it goes to what I was gonna say. So let me just read some of these real quick. Insane Lane wrote in on Super Chat. When Republicans read The Handmaid's Tale, they don't see a cautionary tale, they see a playbook. How long until it's red dresses, wings and ceremony nights? Look guys, I think that the country is in a perilous state. I think that we're on the precipice of 
absolute disaster. Uh, I think fascism is here and and it has a good chance of winning. Uh, and tonight was a big blow uh, for uh, rights uh, of civil rights for everybody, but certainly for women. Uh, it is an enormous, enormous blow. Uh, now, Jason Ray says the SCOTUS ruling might lose the GOP 2022 and 2024. No chance of that, because that would require a Democratic well, Party with a pulse. Well, here's, 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 let me just disagree with you there. Um, I agree with you in sentiment only. Um, it, it might lose it for them because they believe things that people don't want. And at some point that might come through and narrowly lose an election that again, Democrats should win 72% of the vote, right? Just on sanity. So uh, yeah, it's not gonna help them, uh, but I will completely agree with you that should they lose in 2022 or 2024, it will be because of this ruling and not because of the skill and stewardship of the top of the Democratic Party to take advantage of this in some meaningful way. Anything good politically that appears to happen to Democrats in the last hunk of my lifetime, for the most part, and this is, I'm given to hyperbole here, but it feels like it on a day like today, happens because you know, they're like, they're not accidentally on the right side. They're more likely to be on the right side because the other side's so nuts. But it just happens because of the circumstances presented to them. Not, there is no Democratic equivalent of Mitch McConnell. And I don't mean regarding his evility, I mean regarding his tactical ability. And I know evility is not a word. Um, so, uh, Rick, I'm gonna come back to you, but I'll, uh, I'm gonna give Flo a word here. So Flo's a right wing viewer uh, and he just paid a hundred bucks to write in, ha ha, whine and cry about it, LOL, Trump 2024. So uh, the Republicans are going to celebrate in the streets. Uh, and uh, this is when the Democrats will do send you a thousand fundraising emails. Uh, but right now they do have the majorities. They could pass Roe v. Wade as a law. Again, I would be shocked out of my mind if they did that. Rick, uh, thoughts? Um, I'm just curious <clears throat> from both of your perspectives. Well, first, let me go back to something. <clears throat> I think there is a chance that in the midterms, at least in the imminent future, <clears throat> excuse me, that there could be a reckoning with conservative voters. The problem is, even as I say that, my own mentality goes towards something that Jake said on the main show today, and that we've talked about many times is so many of these voters are so entangled in conspiracy theories that they are so incredibly lost that even if you try to deprogram these people, they will go back to what they are recently familiar with. And how this will be used in cube circles and stuff like that. I'm not totally sure, but my optimism, my pessimism is outweighing my optimism. Because when you look at the other side of the aisle, it is conspiracy theories, 
uh, Dems or pedos, like the craziest, most outlandish stuff. And we're just hoping for a miracle at this point by saying, well, who knows what will happen in the midterms. It is true, we don't really know what will happen in the midterms. But you're asking a large, let's say somewhat of a majority who think that Donald Trump won the last election when every single judge struck it down. Well, so, it's not a, so Rick, let me just jump in, because it's not a majority, please. right, who picked that. It's actually, that's what's crazy, and that's what makes, to varying degrees, Jenk and I, our head spin, right? They don't have a majority of the people, and they don't have even close to majority on issues, if you take issue one by one, right? So, and I mean, obviously, many of those issues, the Democratic Party is not with progressives either. Um, but uh, uh, so the, the issue has always been, and you saw what a little bit happened in 2008. You saw what happens when a voting block, when groups, millions and tens of millions of people are actually excited and motivated to turn out. And they did, and they turned out for Barack Obama because they believed in him and they saw something different in him. And, and again, I, he was probably the best president of my lifetime, and I don't think he was very good. So it was a very hard job. But um, so, the Democratic Party, to take advantage of this, has to give people a reason to believe in them. And and what they have done, let's just, I'll leave it as over the last five years. Um, but you could argue it's a lot more than that. Uh, is really failed to get people excited, except for uh, enough people excited when you know that most people would rather have sane, moderately thoughtful politicians, but they don't get people to turn out. They don't get Genuine excitement, which enables a guy like Donald Trump to, you know, first of all, the first election with 46% of the vote to win. And then again, with even less than that, to, or a, a bigger discrepancy, down more points to Joe Biden to, you know, come incredibly close to winning a second time. So it doesn't take a majority, uh, and they don't have a majority, and they still might win. In fact, probably odds are most political pundits who look at these things would would then check in this category too and I am as well that the odds are no we know what's going to happen in 2022 we're going to have in some manner of speaking our ass handed to us uh putting as Jake says putting Roe versus Wade in 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 jeopardy of 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 national uh, legislation. I doubt that, but I'd be a fool to go oh Jack please you're being hyperbolic there's no chance of that. Of course I don't think there's no chance of it. Anyway, it's a bad day. Yeah, um, and uh, Ben uh, was right. It was about it was a little over a thousand seats uh, that was lost during uh, Barack Obama's time uh, to Republicans all across the country. So that's in national races and state races. Uh, but Barack Obama uh, won election twice, so he was thrilled. Um, uh, did he fight back rhetorically or in any or politically in, in those times? Almost not at all. Um, and and so losing those state houses made a dramatic difference. And now with Roe uh, being gone, that means several more purple states will outlaw abortion. So uh, for example, Florida, uh, it was 51-49 in the last election, literally. And it's that close, but uh, since the idiot Democrats didn't pass voting rights uh, and they didn't end gerrymandering, uh, well, now, uh, Florida uh, got gerrymandered so badly by DeSantis, it's a 20 to 8 advantage for the Republicans. It's nearly tied. It's a swing state every year. It's a swing state. It's a, it's a, I mean, it is a, it is the definition of 50 50 state 
over the last 28 years. And it's so, but, 20 but, to but, eight somehow. Yeah, same in Ohio, same sort of nonsense in Ohio. Then, then at the national level, the Republicans will have 20 uh, congressmen from Florida and Democrats will only have eight, even <laughs> though the state is nearly tied. And the moron Democrats have been totally uh, incompetent uh, in dealing with it. It's been true in every single state. The state legislatures in places like Florida and Ohio are completely locked up by Republicans. It doesn't matter how close the state is. Republicans have routed at the state level because they believe in power and they use power to get what they want. The Democrats believe in raising money and stuffing it into their pockets. So Bernie Sanders has a tweet out, I'll read it to you. Congress must pass legislation that codifies Roe v. Wade as the law of the land in this country now. And if there aren't 60 votes in the Senate to do it, and there are not, we must end the filibuster to pass it with 50 states. That is 100% true and 100% not going to happen. Um, well, so I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I'll agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't know whether, I mean, it wouldn't, I don't even think it would pass. I don't, I don't even think Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema would, would vote for it. Uh, and even though they're probably pro choice, I mean, who mm-hmm. cares? They, they're not motivated by any belief in anything except their own well being. Right, and their own continuing hold on power. It would seem. I don't even know. I don't even know that. But I. I but they're in incredible disappointments. But they would say like, oh well, the Supreme Court's ruled, and it just seems like it'll be a state by state basis. And well, that doesn't seem like Congress should step in. And Lord knows, we wouldn't want to. Somehow, the filibuster, the filibuster, which is made up, it's literally a made up parliamentary tactic. <laughs> that somehow that is going to be more important to anyone who's been elected to office. Anyone, they didn't even have, Senate has not always had it, right? So that that little parliamentary tactic has somehow become more important than protecting uh, the right of uh, uh, women uh, in this country uh, to di- dictate their own health care. Uh, and, and yeah, and I won't, I'm not gonna use the euphemism and determine whether they wanna carry a baby to term or not. That's mm-hmm. up to them. I guess I'm just curious from your guys' perspective, Seeing how radical the right wing is, obviously this is them playing the long game, having the Supreme Court in the bag. What is next? Like, I'm not trying to ring the alarm here, but it seems like it's not. They're not just going to be like, okay, abortion done. Like, what? What is the next piece of legislation that they overturn, and then the next piece, and then the next piece, and then the next piece. No, they'll just keep voting rights they've already done. They'll just scale it back and back. They'll make it really hard to vote in a lot of places, which has been their goal already. Um, they haven't actually done that terribly effectively, uh, rolling back uh, voting rights as effectively as they'd like to, clearly. Um, but, you know, I mean, the I thought you were going to ask something else, so I'm going to answer what I thought you were. Going to ask, okay. What do you really, think? I, was I, don't, say. I don't have a good answer. I mean, they, whatever they, they, whatever you know, consolidates power more. Some constitutional amendment that, that, that to make sure money stays in politics, right? You know, God forbid that ever changes, right? Something, um, uh, as has almost always been the case in you know. Let's just go since Jenk and I started doing this show together in uh, 2002, Jenk. That yep. Yeah, so yep. 2002, most Democratic success, which came in a couple of different years, came in 2006, in uh, you know, when sort of when the brutality of the Iraq War, the when George Bush paid the highest price politically for the Iraq War, 
But the Democratic success in large part had to do with the Republicans nominating clowns and fools and racists, right? And misogynists like Todd Akin and like George Allen. And forgive me if I have the years wrong, because it doesn't really matter. But those, so it's funny, my and Donald Trump, who of course never got a majority of the vote, but nearly won twice and did win once. Um, so the the greatest potential for success that we have as a sane society, and I don't I don't mean we in the sense of Democrats, because I couldn't be more disappointed in the leadership of the party and the direction of the party. It's leadership, it's almost everybody. It's thousands of them. Um, is that the Republicans are capable of of fumbling and have before and are capable as we've seen in not only in Pennsylvania, but in Ohio of, of, of nominating people who have no business serving the American people. And so again, you have to hope and there will be activists out there on the ground, you know, led by I imagine millions of really courageous women who are gonna take a stand here and hope to get people motivated to repel every single person who is in favor of making it illegal to uh, uh, to not carry a baby to term, and 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 I, and we have to count on the Republicans' inability to uh, recognize how much they're on the wrong side on this issue. And the my 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 fleeting tiny bit of optimism is that they are they are capable of nominating uh, and attempting to elect nut jobs, and that maybe some people will recognize that. Then, then we're going to be in the exact same position we were in, best case scenario, in like 2012, um, which was not a great place to be, and 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 which was not taken advantage of, where where the the levers of power, when they were controlled by Democrats, and first in 2008, 2000, 2009, 2010, before the 2010 midterms, didn't take advantage of. But we're we won't even get to that spot. We'll get to a spot if things go incredibly well to where we were in 2014. That's the best case scenario. Okay, I'm gonna read more comments. It partly answers Rick's question. So, Jackson O'Neill is a TYT member on YouTube, says it's discussing what's going on with abortion, no accountability for nobody. Le Dragon Desjardins says, we all need to mobilize. They're coming for women and trans people now, but they will come for everyone, not in their elite class soon. Brother, too late. But Yes, I, you know me, I'm always in favor of organizing. And I appear to be the only one. Uh, Trisha Briggs says, I'm genuinely terrified gay marriage is next. Partly answers your question, uh, Rick. And they're coming after gay people all across the country as it stands. And you're not even allowed to uh, say the word gay in, in schools in, in Florida and on and on. Um, and uh, and But most importantly to answer your question, Rick, um, Democracy, that's what's next. So if Trump or Tucker Carlson wins, it's the last election. Uh, I would be thrilled to have me be wrong. But you know, if you watch Young Turks over the last 20 years, how many times have I said that? And I've been wrong, what, a couple of times, right? And I've been right about 1,998 times. And every time it's been unfortunate, uh, and every time it's inevitable, and or nearly inevitable. And so, There'll be no fight from the Democrats. There just won't be. There's a lot of huffing and puffing today. 
There'll be tons of huffing and puffing tomorrow. Your inboxes will be flooded with emails. Oh my God, we're gonna look, oh, it said, if you just give Nancy Pelosi five more bucks, she'll sit on her ass for five more minutes. There's not a goddamn thing she's gonna do. Because here's what's gonna happen. A couple of Democrats are gonna be on the other side. And then all of the Democrats will unilaterally surrender and disarm because their beloved colleagues, they can't criticize their beloved, 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 beloved colleagues. And even Bernie, I mean, I didn't have the heart to say it on Twitter, but Bernie's gonna lay down too. They're all gonna lay down because to them, criticizing forcefully, I mean, just 20% of what I would do, forcefully criticizing their Democratic colleagues to them is the worst thing in the world. They would not do it on a boat. They will not do it on a goat. They won't do it if they you take away a road. They won't, they won't do it if you take away democracy. They love their goddamn colleagues so effing much that they will never fight for you, okay? So, uh, okay, by the way, Bernie, let's see it. I love you, brother, let's see it. Let me see a fight. But when Biden tells you to stand down, what are you gonna do? What you've done 100% of the time, you're gonna stand down, okay? So we're all doomed. Ezra Graves says, this is our dark hour. This is not time to give up. This is a sign of how important tomorrow and November are. If we give in and give up in November, 2024 won't even be a factor. Now that's all true, but we keep putting Democrats in office. We do our job. Biden gave a speech the other day and he's like, you need to do more. No dick, you need to do more. You need to do more. We already did our job. 81 million Americans showed up, record vote for you. And what'd you do? You sat on your goddamn ass. I guarantee it, Joe Biden, a tiny bit of huff and puff, oh, this is unacceptable. And then he'll sit his goddamn ass down. There's no chance, there's a 0% chance they will pass a national law. This is their only opportunity. They're gonna get routed in 22. Yeah, but That's I, 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 Jen, and I, we're I, done. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you, except you could criticize Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin forever, and it won't make any difference. It doesn't matter. Like there's not, there isn't a magic combination of words that work. Uh, there is. Well, I couldn't possibly disagree. About okay, no, here I'll tell you. Look, I, mean, I've I got said it. I've heard it. I've, you've told me before. I'm not. I'm not moved by what you. Okay, said. then the God go damn ahead. it. Let's do the sticks. Put Manchin's daughter and son in jail. Okay, so Manchin's daughter is a criminal who robbed us on drugs. And she outsourced jobs in West Virginia. She did it for a $30 million golden parachute. She jacked up the prices of drugs and got people killed. Is there gonna be any goddamn accountability? No, 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 no. Manchin is a beloved, beloved Democratic colleague. We can't have any goddamn sticks. No, all women in America, you just lost your right to abortion because Joe Manchin, is more important to Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and to all the goddamn Democrats than uh, you are. Your rights are gone because they refuse to fight Joe Manchin. His son runs a coal company, co corrupt coal company. Has, have the Democrats ever mentioned that? Never, because they don't give a damn about you. They don't give a damn about you at all. There's a thousand ways to fight them. Chris's cinema could be eliminated from politics easily in Arizona. She, if Biden came out forcefully, she'd be done in Arizona. But no, no, oh, the elites must be protected. Well, there, but for the grace of God, go them.
because it could be their sons and daughters rip us, ripping us off for drug companies tomorrow. So they wouldn't want to touch the elites. Women, you'll lose your rights completely. But at least Joe Manchin and his family will be perfectly comfortable in their mansions and their yachts. Those are facts. You put me in charge, I'll break Manchin and cinema on day freaking two. I put him in charge, so what? Mandate that they get prosecuted? Ben, first of all, you talk about it in the press. Does anybody know that Joe Manchin is a son owned a coal company? Does anybody know that Joe Manchin's daughter, Joe Manchin's daughter is one of the worst people in America? She screwed you on drugs. She screwed you on your drug prices. Joe Manchin's daughter is evil. Has any Democrat ever said that? No, because of Garoppolo's and Joe Manchin, he's a freaking colleague. I don't have any problem if they were criticizing his family. None, of course, none. But I mean, I don't know. Does that motivate him to do what you want him to do? I could drive Joe Manchin's polling down to 12 points. Okay, if, you know, after Democrats. Somebody give rebellion back two million dollars. I'll freaking destroy him. But no, everybody, kid gloves, kid gloves. Shh. The elites, the elites can't be touched. All right. But real quick, real quick, real quick. How I view what Jenk just said is similar to how I view uh, the NFL owner hierarchy. Is that they don't want to criticize that one owner because they also have skeletons in their closet. So a lot of folks who are obviously billionaires will not go after Dan Snyder for his corruption because they also have corruption behind the scenes. So I understand that Joe Manchin is in a unique position with his family, but then if you open up that can of worms, then it leads to, well, what about this person's family that benefited? Yeah, what I, about, I, I mean, there, there's a lot of corruption to go around. So it's not really just one senator that's gonna be like snake bitten by this. No, that's right. I mean, you, yeah, yeah. Look at it, and and and, and to, I mean, to that, I'll, I'll say that. Well, if your if your family's corrupt and they've benefited in illegal ways from your service, then, well, then I don't care. You know, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I, uh, of course, I, I, yeah, that's all true, Rick. I mean, that's the nature of, uh, of, of that is that has long been the nature of the, the United States Senate, which has always sort of similarly behaved this way. But we always felt like these kind of things can't really happen, but they are happening. So I, again, I don't have any problem with people going after Mansion and Cinema. I don't know that going after, I don't know what that means in a sense of of motivating them uh, politically to do differently. My hunch is. Joe Manchin would, I mean, if massively threatened like that and investigated, he'll just switch parties. Uh, Republicans <laughs> don't care. And his, you can narrow his poll numbers down to 12%. He'd, I imagine, I don't know whether he'd still win. I don't know. I mean, if his poll numbers are 12%, he won't win um, to use Jenks' number in either party. Um, but, you know, and I, I don't know that we should be terribly afraid of Joe Manchin becoming a Republican. In, in a sense, you know, it'd be a relief. Um, it's already over. Uh, yeah, He's it's already, already over. So. Yeah, I mean, he already has prevented any meaningful, uh, well, not any meaningful, but he has prevented incredibly meaningful legislation uh, from being passed. He and or cinema, obviously, cinema uh, more on voting rights and and mansion more on uh, climate change. And Rick, so but all of them on right. build back better, the Earth's dumbest name for a bill. Ever. Yeah, Rick's a hundred percent right. 
Uh, of course, the reason why they never touch the elites is because they also have skeletons in their closet. And to them, that is why that is the cardinal rule. Never criticize anyone inside the club because the, the club is intensely corrupt. And the minute you do, it's going to fall apart and they're all going to send each other to jail. They're never going to do that, especially Democrats. Republicans will. The minute the Republicans have enough power, they'll put half the Democrats in jail, okay? But the Democrats wouldn't do that if their life depended on it. And to the point about Manchin's family, Manchin's going to then turn around and go, okay, how about your family, Joe Biden? How about Hunter Biden? Okay, mm -hmm. and Joe Biden's going to go, I guess so there's, there's no a, way. Again, but I mean, I'm, we're all, I mean, first of all, there's an investigation in Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden didn't commit a crime. I don't know whether the either uh, Joe Manchin's son or daughter uh, committed a provable crime, you know, and, and I don't know how, you know, again, there's a separation of, of the prosecutor from the from the executive branch. And I don't know whether they were talking about a federal investigation or a state investigation. But no, I don't see a, a West Virginia investigation into them. And I don't, I don't know whether there'll be a federal investigation into his daughter. I actually didn't know anything about his daughter until you until you brought it up. So that one, I read about his son, um, I, I didn't read about his daughter. All right, I'm gonna read one last comment here from Twitch. Um, Shai Isla writes in, I don't get it though, Jake. You can't force me to give blood to save anyone's life. You can't force me to give my kidney or bone marrow to save anyone. How can we allow people to make me give my entire body to quote unquote save a life? Are we going to start forcing people to donate blood, kidneys, etc.? You can't even use my pieces once I'm dead without my permission. How can the Supreme Court somehow not see how this changes everything about how we control other people's bodies. That's right, you're a thousand percent right. And the Supreme Court doesn't care. There are five religious zealots on the Supreme Court at a minimum. And they don't care about logic or principles or ideology or <laughs> legal principles. They all swore up and down that the number one legal principle they cared most about was precedent. And they just overturned one of the largest precedents in American history. They don't care. They're just religious fundamentalists. And so they think this is a perfect opportunity to take my religious views and establish a state religion through the Supreme Court and enforce it on you. And I don't care, and they don't care how hypocritical they are. If you said to Sam Alito, okay, then give me your kidney. I can save a life with it. Give me your kidney. They'll say no. That's me, I care about me, but women, I don't care about women at all. We could just use them as chattel, they'll just be incubators for us. And that's what they believe, they have no morality. They're not going to do the right thing. Look, this is another thing where like Democrats did unilateral surrender, okay, disarmament. So Republicans said, uh, and this goes to a point Rick was making earlier as well. Republicans said, uh, you guys are immoral throughout my entire life. They said, Democrats are immoral, immoral, immoral. That's a heavy charge that we're bad people, we're evil people, right? Uh, and did the Democrats ever counter? No, they just said, "Oh, please apologize. I mean, I wanna curse so bad and I will in the next episode when we're allowed. But <laughs> like, so what was abortion? Abortion was a way of getting people to think they're, they're harming your kids. Okay, they claim they're kids and they're harming them, right? What's QAnon? 
they're harming your kids. It's the same thing. Oh, and then QAnon added, not only are they molesting them and then killing them, but they're drinking their blood. They're drinking their blood, what is that? That's blood libel. It's been around for millennium, used mainly against Jews. So now 52% of Republicans, guys, this is a real number. It's not theoretical, it's a real number. 52% of Republicans believe that Democratic leaders are in a child sex trafficking ring, literally. That they're all pedophiles and they're all kidnapping kids and, and, and using them for sex. That's a majority of the Republicans in the country. Cuckoo for Cocoa Putts. Cocoa Putts, that's a good one, Cocoa Puts. That actually uh, isn't no, bad. No, they're literally insane, okay? And 30% of independents believe the same thing. No, we're in super dark times. So there is no bottom to this barrel. Once, like, if Trump wins, there is no way he is going to leave office democratically. No way. There's a 0% chance of that. Zero, okay? They're not getting it. Democrats are not getting it. And they're never going to get it. Their job is to get their asses handed to them by Republicans. So did they counter? No, I'll counter. The Republicans are evil. They want to use women for their bodies. They don't care about women. If you're a woman and you're voting for Republicans, you should have your head examined. You're a lunatic. You're purposely giving away your rights and you'll lose them all. And then afterwards you'll say, "Oh, where did my rights go? Well, we warned you and we warned you and we warned you. But no, you're gonna give them away. Gay people, those people like, I mean, before last episode, we were joking about the Dave Rubens and, and et cetera. But Peter Thiel's the one that's financing all of them. Oh, yeah. They're gonna take away your rights, you moron. You think you're so goddamn smart because you have billions of dollars? Peter Thiel now openly rooting for a dictator. You think a dictator's gonna listen to you, you idiot? First thing he's gonna do is bash gay people. And you're gonna say, well, I have, but I have a lot of money. And you know what he's gonna say, just like Putin does right now in Russia. No, you don't, I just took your money. What are you gonna do, I'm a dictator. There's an article in Vanity Fair talking about the new right funded by Peter Thiel. They are openly saying they want a dictator. They're openly saying it. That's what's happening next, Rick, because the Republicans are evil. They hate our democracy, they hate our rights. And the number one thing that right wingers wanna do is lord power over us. And then they do that BS projection where they say, "Oh, the liberals just wanna control your lives. We want you to get the hell out of our lives. We want you to get the hell out of our lives. We don't want you, we don't, we don't like you. We don't want your jackbooted thugs in the goddamn government controlling our bodies. But what are they gonna do? That's exactly what they're doing on Roe v. Wade and on everything else. We're lambs to the slaughter because our leadership is pathetic. Well, is that? Yeah, I mean, we're lambs to the slaughter. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. Again, it's just what always is lost in that. And I know you said it, they're evil, but I mean, we're lambs to the slaughter and the, the, I have a tremendous beef with the Democratic Party leadership, but the, I mean, <laughs> the people who slaughter you are the enemies, or the that's the main enemy. Um, and I don't know what to do about that, but uh, but nonetheless, that's who the main enemy is. And and you're right to point out that that this is, I mean, you know, we got separation of church and state. 
I mean, there's nobody here, and not one person I've met in my life. I'm sure there are some. And as I say it, I remember one, a mutual friend of ours, Jake, who was against the right to choose um, and wasn't deeply, 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 deeply fundamentally religious. Um, and obviously, there are many people who are deeply religious who are on the right side of this issue. But uh, this is, uh, you know, uh, those five justices, uh, we know where they stand. Uh, it was clear, it was a big reason why they were chosen. Um, uh, and uh, we're not supposed to have this in, in our government. That's supposed to be for you and your God on Sunday or however many days you want to go to church. But it is not supposed to affect policy, uh, and it appears uh, now uh, it has. And again, we're acting like this is. I mean, yes, this is a big day. It is a momentous day. It is a day to get angry. We, you know, again, we, we, you knew this day was coming, right? There was no, there was really no doubt to, to wonder, to, to, to no reason to believe that this day was not coming, uh, and it has come, and it will come again officially, I guess, in a couple of months. Right. Um. I was thinking back to all the different ways that we got to this point. And one of the ones that still remains a gigantic mystery was, if you recall, I know I mentioned, you know, Justice Ginsburg, the late Justice Ginsburg not retiring. Um, and that seat got flipped to Amy Coney Barrett. Um, what I remembered was the shocking announcement of Justice Anthony Kennedy, which also went in the conservatives' favor. And I believe that was when Neil Gorsuch took his seat. Um, it still remains somewhat of a mystery. I know that there was uh, a Deutsche Bank connection and there was also uh, a family member who clerked for a Supreme Court justice. But looking back, that was also massive. And Vanity Fair even wrote at the time, for conservatives, Kennedy's seat was seen as one of the keys to rolling back abortion rights on the campaign trail. Trump pledged to appoint a justice who would overturn Roe. And that was written by Abigail Tracy on June 29, 2018. Um, why he retired, uh, especially during the Trump presidency still uh, is a question that I would love to have answered, but I don't have it obviously. Yeah, well, there was a lot of uh, speculation about that. His son uh, worked with Donald Trump. They had a connection there. Trump wanted to affect, uh, uh, pick another Supreme Court justice. Uh, Kennedy, unlike uh, Ginsburg, thought uh, he should retire before a Democrat got elected. So there was, and uh, Gorsuch um, was his uh, clerk, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so there's just a number of reasons. Was it Gorsuch or Kavanaugh for uh, for um, uh, Kennedy? I forget. Anyways, uh, so uh, guys, one more comment about uh, we're almost out of time. And if you're tuning to old school, this is not what old school is normally like. In the second episode, we'll, we'll try to we'll do other topics, and we'll it'll be lighter, etc. Right? But um, uh, to that comment about your body, um, the, the, the question is always, is it life or is it not life? My whole life in America, that's been the question. Where does life begin? Is it life or not life? But that's the wrong question. The question is, when is it independent life? Because as long as it is dependent on you, like your kidney, 
et cetera. It's a part of your body. But the minute that it can be an independent life, we actually then say you are not allowed to end your pregnancy because the baby is now viable. By the way, you know what that is? That's Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade doesn't say you can have abortion whenever you want. It says if the nope. baby is viable, you're not allowed to have an abortion. Okay, so the standard is an independent life. If the standard is a dependent life, well, then our commenter was right. They could take any part of your body and say that's now the government of the that's property of the government, and the Republicans would cheer, and they would never ever do anything to right wing voters. They'll only take, you know, from minorities, women, etc. That's what the right wing in this country have always done. It's deeply uncomfortable. That's why people don't like to talk about it. That's why right wingers get catch feelings over it. And then they never lose those feelings and they vote against us for the rest of the time. But who did slavery? The right wing did slavery. They took possession of people's body and they used the government to take away liberty. That's, I mean, the definition of slavery is taking away your liberty. And the right wing did that with zeal for hundreds of years in this country. The left wing fought against it. The right wing are monsters. They don't want you to be free. They don't want you to be equal. They want you to serve them. They want to have power over you. That is their defining ideology. Now, if I said that on TV, I guarantee you that the Democratic Party and the mainstream media would stop fighting the Republicans and they would all turn and fight me. And they would say, how dare you, how dare you? These beloved cherished Republicans, real Americans. We put them up on a goddamn pedestal. You're not allowed to criticize them. They can call you a, a, a pedophile. They can call you a blood drinker. They can say you murder babies. They can say anything you want about Democrats. But if you dare criticize with even half that language to Republicans on in national media, they'll rip your head off and they'll ban you forever. And they'll say, no, the feelings of the powerful have been hurt. We don't care about the powerless. We don't care about black people. We don't care about women. We don't care about gay people. But white Christian males, they must rule. And you must all listen to their religion. And if you don't, you're a barbarian and you'll be eliminated. You'll be eliminated from the national conversation. We'll do cancel culture, guaranteed. That's why you turn on TV, you won't hear anyone say 10% of what I just said. You won't hear a single person call the Republicans evil. It's not allowed. You're not allowed to hurt their feelings because they're supposed to have power over us. I got, look, I, I don't agree. I don't consent. I do not consent the right wing Christian men having power over me. So they're gonna have to fight me for it. And so I will never, ever, ever consent to that. They are not better than me. They're not even goddamn equal to me. Okay. So they can go kiss my ass. I'm going to fight them to the end of time. And you should all fight them. And if Democrats tell you not to, and if the media tells you not to, F them. Tell them to get the hell out of the way. We're here to fight. Because God knows the Democrats won't do a thing about it. Not 1%. Not 1%. Okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, useless, useless, useless. But honestly, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, everybody else, what are they going to do? They're not going to do a goddamn thing. Okay. Let me, uh, 
Can I, can I add one little, because we're yeah, just in this ahead. last, so uh, uh, CNN is reporting that, uh, because there's also, I guess, been a leak of the dissent, but uh, Roberts does not want to completely overturn Roe versus Wade. So he'd be dissenting from that draft opinion of Alito, like almost certainly with the three liberals. Uh, according to CNN, Roberts is willing, however, to uphold the Mississippi law banning abortion at uh, at 15 weeks. I mean, which would be a, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds, that does sound like John Roberts, right? Yeah, it's irrelevant um, anyway. But, uh, Right. Anyway, yes, it's irrelevant because it's just the difference between five four and six three is uh, it's meaningless. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, we're out of time. Sorry for the um, incredibly somber old school, which is also unprecedented, but uh, that apparently is the word of the day because uh, many unprecedented things have just happened. Uh, but uh, keep that word around. A lot more of that where that came from as the Republicans steamroll Democrats all across the country. Um, all right, when we come back for the members, we will try to keep it lighter, but I will curse a lot. So if you're a member, you'll look forward to that. TYT.com slash join to become a member. Uh, or if you're on YouTube, hit the join button below. We'll see you there in a minute. All right, old school Jank Uger, uh, Rick Strom, Ben Mankiewicz, um, on a crazy day. Uh, I had a whole bunch of lighter topics. I'll do some of them now, but I'm so angry I can't see straight. Uh, so God knows what'll happen in the next 45 minutes. Okay, um, let me just yeah. Can I just say one thing real quick about the? Yeah. So you know, I just it it always bears repeating that three of the five, assuming that it's five four, but three of the five or three of the six, without them, there's no majority of the justices who vote or preparing to vote to overturn a row were elected were nominated by a president who never once got the most votes and were rammed through a Senate. Um, uh, that had a, the tiniest of majorities and where by rather striking numbers, those 50 plus senators uh, did not uh, represented uh, many fewer Americans uh, than on the other side. I mean, Good point. Uh, and we, and it should always bear repeating. And and this president was impeached twice, met as a thug and a criminal um, and an idiot. Uh, and uh, And again, Never got a majority of the vote, and uh, and the Republicans represent far fewer Americans uh, than the Democrats. And I don't say this because like I'm super proud to be a Democrat. I'm not. I'm proud not to be a Republican. Enormously proud. Um, but uh, it is, uh, and this is our. This is the democracy we're fighting to uh, save, right? It is massively flawed, massively, massively flawed. Yeah, look, we're gonna go through the same things again. I, I I know what's broken, it's money and politics. The Supreme Court uh, is, I mean, it's so sad, but it's the thing that has doomed us all. Uh, it, it passed those uh, decisions in 76 and 78 uh, that allowed corporate money into politics. And we've been ruined ever since, it's been an open auction. So there's no hope because the Democrats are bought by the same people as the Republicans. And because they don't want $15 minimum wage, they will consent to anything the Republicans do. 
including uh, overturning Roe v. Wade. Uh, because they don't want taxes on the rich. They will consent to anything the Republicans do. And what is the form of that consent? It's not taking away the filibuster. So that way, even when you have a majority, you must consent to what the right wing wants. Even though you won the elections, why don't you take away the filibuster to get voting rights, to reinstitute Roe v. Wade, etc.? You don't do it because your donors don't want you to do it. Because if you take it away, then they have no excuse for not passing the economic laws that you promised. And that's an anathema to their donors. And 90% of the Democratic Party are slaves to their donors. They're, slaves is too strong a word, servants. They're servants, pathetic servants to their donors. So, and I've said it till I'm blue in the face. I'm right, they're all wrong, uh, but it doesn't matter. They're not gonna listen, they're paid not to listen. And, and the refs are what through the game, the national media. Uh, the things I say to every one of you sounds perfectly normal and logical. And to the national media, it sounds like heresy. Um, I was, we were talking during the break, I've literally been banned from CNN and MSNBC because why I criticize them. Every right winger criticizes them to their face. They, they rip their faces off on CNN and MSNBC. And every right winger is allowed on CNN and MSNBC. Uh, but if a left winger is strong, the national media will ban you and they'll fight you tooth and nail and they'll lie about you. Uh, and so the refs are the ones throwing the game. They're the ones that trip us and kick us and beat us and then go, what, what, what? I'm just being neutral. I'm just, and in fact, I'm on your side. I'm the liberal media. Fuck off. Fuck all the way off. There isn't anything goddamn liberal about them. Yeah, theoretically on social issues, but even here, they'll 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 do non-committal bullshit. Maybe women. Maybe we should use women as incubators and take away all their goddamn rights. I don't know. Some say yes, some say no. The New York Times will probably be neutral. Okay. So all right. Well, good luck to us in, in doing anything fun. All right, let's try it. Let's give it a shot. Okay. Why are people, now this is goes in a completely different direction. Why are people still wearing masks inside their cars when they're driving by themselves? Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. I see them all the time. I, I almost want to like honk and roll down the window. There's nobody else in your fucking car. Yeah. There is literally a scientifically 0% chance you will get COVID inside your own car when there's no one else in your car. Well, the answer to there's two answers to it. One is, look, man, like sometimes we just gonna have to be people, you know, and and it, and in other parts of the world, of course, people wear masks all the time. Yep. So some of that applies here. They just wearing a mask, they feel safer now with a mask. It makes them feel better. The act makes them feel better. And then there's the thing like when you walk outside and you were wearing a mask inside and you take 10 steps and you realize, oh wait, I just left the place. I can take my mask off and either it's here, it's around your chin or you take it off completely. I've done it. I usually, it's like 10 steps or 20 steps. And for some people it's 10 miles or 20 miles. Um, people are weird. That's the answer to the question. Um, but mostly it's that the men, they feel safe. They've, they're scared and the masks makes them feel a little less scared. Yeah. Even though it's a totally illogical, you're hundred percent right. Yeah, I agree. Not I agree. the only illogical thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Americans do. Yep. It's true. It's true. And even during a, a you know mid-level point of COVID, not at its peak after the vaccines, I had friends and family who would say things like, 
hey, we shouldn't fly to Colorado because it's it's uh, dangerous to get on a plane. We should drive there in a camper van instead. Right. Yeah. I'm like, do you, you know that percentage-wise, that is like, I don't know, 200 times more dangerous. Well, I mean, I presume if you if the if ever, if you're with your family, it would probably make some sense. Like if you know, and you've all isolated together, then you could theoretically get in a camper van and and. No, I know, them. but the, yeah. the the car accidents are far, far, far more. Oh, likely. I see. I, yeah, yeah, I and know. far more deadly, especially if you've got a spaz like me driving an RV. Yeah. Um. So yeah, hang, I on, hear you. hang on, hang on. I, I, I hear you. Yeah. I, I I actually am being shamed, and I just realized it. Um. Pre-vaccine, my wife's uh, sister's baby was born. And what we did was we didn't really know what was going on with airplanes and it felt very unsafe. This was super early in the pandemic. And we drove across the country and made a trip out of it. Um, And it took a very long time. And it took about three and a half days to drive from LA to Chicago. We quarantined because it was still, again, so very new. This was in uh, 2018. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it was towards the beginning. And uh, we quarantined at like someone's, uh, like a friend's parents' house in Wisconsin. And then we went to Chicago. And then we drove back and we drove back as quickly as we could. And we did two 15 hour days. Now, if we knew what we knew now, would we have driven from LA to Chicago and done three and a half days? No, of course I think not. it's a perfectly logical decision that you made. And I don't, you really, do. I don't really agree with Jank. I mean, I got it that until the part about Jank driving the RV, then <laughs> that was, then I'm definitely, then, I, then I'm aboard. Uh, and mixing a bunch of people together in a big RV, but you guys were gonna hang out together anyway. So, um, I, I mean, it made sense. Look, airplanes, we, you know, the fact is now we know that really haven't been a lot of outbreaks from airplanes. Right. People are masked and they're not talking to each other. I'm sure there will be some more now. There's also the crazy thing that seems to defy logic to people who don't know a lot about planes, myself included. I fly all the time now. And uh, but the filtration on planes is better than it is in most office buildings uh, across the country. The filtration systems on on airplanes are outstanding. That air is really good. Now, there's a lot of surfaces that you could touch, and the airports aren't necessarily great. Um, That's true. But uh, but if you're careful with the airport, the plane is not really the problem, um, or at least it wasn't when everybody had to be masked. And of course, the reason why the filtration systems are so great on planes, you'll if you don't already know, you'll be like, oh, of course. And the reason is is because it saved them massive amounts of uh, fuel. Uh, when they filtrated the air better on the planes, and that's why they did it. It wasn't because they thought there'll be a pandemic and we want to make sure it's safe for people. It's saved them money, uh, significant money. So the planes are actually themselves safe if you're masked and you don't take the mask off Got and it. talk to people the entire time. Obviously, if you are close to someone who's very sick on a plane, then then that's possible. But that said, the plane itself is not this incubator for stale bad poisonous air, it's actually pretty good. Okay, Ben, have you ever driven with Jank anywhere? Have you been a passenger in the car? Oh Yeah, of course, yeah, sure. How does he drive? 
Is he like, uh, is he a road rager? Is he no, a yeller? No, no, it's is actually he too, like he's five actually, or ten under the limit? I, if I had to say anything, it would be that he's too tentative. He's not a very, he doesn't, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a, wait, where am I? Is this, do I turn here? Oh, wait, you know. Uh, now, I have a one close friend of mine who is that times 10, so Jenk doesn't seem that, two friends of mine. One guy won't drive more than 35 miles an hour. And another guy driving on the freeway came out, we came, we all came out here for a wedding. And, uh, and he like picks us up at the airport. He'd already rented a car. It was a, it was a, it was, he was in LA. He rented a, a you know, like a, a Chrysler LeBaron with the, you know, with the, mm. uh, uh, you know, what do you, what, what are the convertible? Thank you. I was going to say, when, what do they call it when it doesn't uh. have a roof, right? And man, we're on the 405 and we're like, hey, man, Dan, we got to exit. We got to get to the, we got to get to the right. And so he just slows down. And so then it's like 36, 35, 33 uh -huh. miles an hour on the 405. Right, with no traffic flowing, and people are like honking and people jumping around. He's trying. I'm like, damn, you got to speed up. No, this is you got to go. So Jake's not like that, uh, but he is. Uh, no, he's a tentative driver. He is not a demon yeah. at all. Uh -huh. but, yeah. and, and real quick, Jake, how would you describe uh, Ben's driving? Uh, nondescript. Uh, I've never had occasion to notice Ben's driving, which uh, probably speaks well of him. I was. Mm. I, I am as good a driver as there is on the planet. Uh, free cell phone. Now I, oh, you, know, I, I you know, now it's all. No, no, I'm just saying, like everybody else, sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? Put it away. Put it right. away. Like you can see the accident happen. So I don't you know, know. Ben, I, Ben, there's this thing. It's a great uh, uh, thing that's happened with technology. It's called a Bluetooth. I got so, it, but you still know you text whatever. I mean, I, I still whatever. You, I, I'm an idiot. I know. And when I, 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 I do. I so now I put the phone away. But I just mean I'm just. I, I recognize that the cell phone is a danger, and that I wasn't always great about it. But mm -hmm. the, um, uh, I drive like where I'm going matters. <laughs> That's how I like to think about it. Like, like to some people, they just seem like they don't care when they get there. I care mm. when I get there, and I drive with that in mind. If, like, if hey, I, let's get if there. I may. Let's get there. Let's try to get there as early as possible. Let's try. Come mm -hmm. on, together, all of us. If I may, um, my uh, my my grandfather unfortunately passed, um, but my grandmother is 94 years old, and every time I talk to her, uh, she goes, "How's Ben?" <laughs> they met one time, and she asks every single time. God bless her. God name is Roz. Love yeah, the I crap remember, out of her. I remember meeting Roz. And what was your grandfather's name? Heishi. They met yeah. one time. They came out of the studio, and you know, it was like uh, they they were very excited to meet everybody. They hadn't been in like a, a television studio before. That's when we were at Current. And now, uh, her memory is still so very sharp. But every time, it, it could be a five minute phone call. It could be a forty five minute phone call. Um, how's Ben? Have you talked her, to Ben? I gotta send her. I gotta send her a video. Please do text it to me, and I'll text it to. Uh, I'll text it to her. All right. Okay. A uh, couple comments here. Uh, number one, Dave, uh, Ben, you have three friends who drive inordinately slow. Uh, the other one is Dave Kohler. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Dave he Kohler. will. He will not, under penalty of law, drive <laughs> uh, five miles within the speed limit. We. Yeah. I have another friend. I don't want to name him. It's Mike Roseman, and he'll. 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 He'll get it. We'll get into a parking lot like we're going to a restaurant. He's driving because we he does it organizes our baseball trip. It's it's good. God bless him. And uh, but then we'll go to dinner. So he'll rent a car. We'll go to dinner and and he'll drive and we'll pull in the park. And he's clearly intimidated by any parking space that isn't like 
three spaces, mm-hmm. right? Where he can really, so he'll drive past one space, two space, four oh. spaces, eight spaces, 19 spaces, around, back, way and park there. And it's always like he doesn't quite know and you can, you know, like you can't see him sweating, but you can feel him sweating, right? <laughs> hey, Parker, I'm like, Mike, why are we, why are we 375 yards from the front door? There's a hundred space. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. At, the, don't at know. this point, though, the the blame falls on you and your friends who go on these baseball trips, because if you know this going in, you're setting yourself up for failure by allowing him to drive whatever rental you have. I have learned that that sort of reliving your own history and and experiencing the things about your friends that irritate you, or that not irritate. That's too strong. This, no, 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 Really, one of the great guys in the world. It's just super annoying to ride in a car with him and try to find a place to park. Yeah. That's okay. That's a really pretty good character flaw. It's like when we're out of town and my dad just has to make an ass out of himself at family dinner. Like it's a small irritation, but it's a great memory because that's right. It yeah. happens. It happens all the time. Like it's just yeah, what right. he does. He just he lives to make an ass out of himself, embarrass. Like perfect example. You know, there'll be an octopus taco on the menu and he'll just say to the table, who's eating puss? <laughs> like it's just what yeah, he does. Even really, the great thing is it doesn't even really make any sense, right? It's not because that's not a phrase people use. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ben, hashtag I am Michael Rosenman. Um, uh, because uh, to me, if I'm gonna, I hate parking in tight spots. So do I. And I got you. I will I will definitely drive half a parking lot to park in a comfortable spot. Okay. Have you been to a Trader Joe's, Jake? I got you. You're not you're not quite as tentative. There's no way yeah. you're as tentative. Mike is so yeah. tentative that you just sort of have to be like and, and Dan, I just when I'm with with Dan, I just drive. His car yeah. doesn't matter. That's I'm like, the just, give me, just give me the keys. Just give me the keys. Give, 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 give. Yeah. 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 And uh, but you know, so my sense of it is you have to know your weaknesses and you have to know your strengths, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, right. For anybody who watches TYT, uh, you're familiar with what I think are my strengths. (laughs) I'm not shy about them, right? I don't want you to help me pack. Right, but, but at the same time, I'm equally aware of my weaknesses. And so I'm not gonna drive really fast and out of control because it's a weakness of mine, I'm not gonna do it. Uh, so, you know, and this, I have a friend who'll get frustrated with me. He loves to drive 120 miles per hour at least, right? Well, that's crazy. And I know, but that he he mainly does that in Turkey, and a couple of times here. <laughs> anyway, uh, and uh, but if Which I don't friend? drive 100 miles per hour, he gets mad at me. I'm like, you don't want me. You don't want me driving 100 miles. No, an hour. I don't. I don't want. I, I I don't want him driving 120 miles an hour. But I'm never getting in a car with him. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I just want to go. Like I'll switch lanes. That's really all. Like, right. if there's nobody in the right lane. Get in it. And if there's a car a half a mile away parked, deal with that then. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll I'll say one more uh, note here for everybody uh, on on people's psychologies. It's like. There's nothing wrong with accepting your weaknesses. Who gives a shit, right? So we all have strengths and weaknesses. 
Like people obsess about it too much. Okay, there's some things I suck at. So what? Yeah. Okay. It's a big planet. There's a lot of things to do. You don't have to do the things that you suck at. Okay, that's just my general note to everyone. Okay. Uh, so now we can move on. Um, so uh, here's a, another question for you guys. Again, I don't know how we're doing this on the road day, but. Okay, we got to talk about something else. It's old school. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't like watching TV uh, in bed. I actually <laughs> actively dislike it because I don't know what to do with my head. Uh, my guess is no one disagree, no one agrees with me, and hence uh, I'm gonna uh, hand it over to you guys to tell me how to watch in bed. So actually, before I do that, let me explain what my issue is. Either I have to put several pillows so that I can see the TV, so that my head is angled, in which case my neck hurts. Or I have to sit up on the bed in an awkward kind of way, in which case my back or neck hurts. So what are we doing here? Why don't we just go down to the couch? Thoughts? I love watching TV in bed, but I have rules about it. And and first of all, you gotta put your TV in the right place. You can screw that up. My hunch is you've not done that, Yes. right? That it's not raised enough, it needs to be. Is it, real, real quick question. Allow me to interject. Is it mounted? No, no, it's not mounted. Jenks TV is not mounted. I mean, unless they had a guy come in. By the way, I hate mounted. TV in my bedroom is. Yeah, it's a TV from TYT that is so old that TYT stopped using it, and in fact, the TYT logo is imprinted on the TV permanently. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my god. Dude. So. So basically what you're calling this is the Pontiac Grand Ams of televisions. Kind of, but is it, it, is it, is it deep? Is it, is it a flat screen or mostly flat screen at least? It's mostly a flat right. screen. Yeah, so, so, so you gotta a- have the TV. I don't like mounting a TV because I like, first of all, now that cable is sort of, now that we don't have Done. cable, right? I, I like to be able to pick a TV up perhaps and move it somewhere and just put it down. Wait, 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 what? You're, you're yeah. moving a TV from room to room? Sometimes I have. I, mean, I mean, I moved, look. I, I moved, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I yeah. move my. It's a thirty-two or twenty-six inches. I move this one around all the time. We just pick it up, move because it's, it's. I mean, it's like it's but like a cords, little laptop. The huh? cords, the labor. Like, why would you do that what, to yourself what continuously? Hold on, hold on. I don't do it continuously. I do it from time to time. I pivot it away and and we take it on the road. We take it to hotels, so I can use the my Roku and have my television viewing experience rather than going into some. Place with a archaic cable setup, and you can solve that with a Roku box, though. Huh? You could solve that with a Roku box, yeah, though. No, or no, or people Google no, Chromecast. Rick, I'm a professional traveler, and no, frequently you can't get that. You you don't have access in those TVs because they're mounted and don't pull out frequently. You can't get access to a USB port in the back of the TV. Anyway, to Jenk's question, uh, yeah. it's got to be elevated, and you have to have a lot of pillows on the bed. That's just it. You do. But you can make it comfortable, and if it's elevated enough, you kind of you're reclining, your neck's in a good place, and you can see the TV. I have, you know, I have uh, arthritis in the neck. I have like old man neck, so I'm very, very conscious of it. How old are you? I am. Uh, I don't think that's relevant. Um, I'm 45 <laughs> years old. <laughs> um, uh, plus 10. Uh, so I just turned 55. Um, and, you look great, uh, man. Uh, thank you. I've had that for some time. Uh, so, and uh, it's you know it's called spondylosis. So, I you know I, I little things can uh, cause me if I don't treat my neck well. Uh, little things can cause me like two, three 
10 days of discomfort. Mm -hmm. So I'm careful about watching TV. I have a problem on the couch too. If you sink too low and you start you know, doing this on the couch and then I get up after 30 minutes and I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, right? So anyway, uh, that said, I hate watching TV in bed in the morning. I hate it. Like it oh, makes yeah. me feel uh, just completely- Lazy. Uh, yeah, it makes me feel unbelievably lazy. But yes. I do very much like being in bed at night and 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 watching a, a show I love, no or a movie I love, no no question. But it can be done, but it is tricky, and you can't have you can't go into a bed like with two pillows. You can't even really yes. have four pillows. You got to have like six pillows on the bed. You got to be able to okay. you you need to be able to use three pillows to orchestrate your comfort. Yes, that that is how my wife is as well. Now, movie reference: you don't want to go like full on along came Polly, where you have a entire bed. Oh yeah, right. Pillows, no, yeah, you can't. Right, you just. You, I agree. I think three is the solid number. My wife and I have a rule, however. How many? Jenk, uh, Jenk might have a bed with two pillows. One for him, one for Wendy. Yeah. Okay, so um, you've really opened up a can of worms here. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, number one, I really can't wait to ask you guys what the fuck you do with the six pillows, because that's my number one question. Number, but to answer your question, uh, Ben, when I lived alone, you're goddamn right I had two pillows, one for me and maybe a girlfriend. But what else do I need yeah. other pillows for? It doesn't make any sense. And now though, unfortunately, uh, because of you know decorations of my wife and stuff, there's like 28 pillows on our bed. And I hate it because every night I have to take down every one of those pillows. Yes. And then the next time right, well, you have to take down all ridiculous. those pillows so this again. Is a, this, I can't believe we haven't discussed this before. It's really one of the more important old school topics. <laughs> it's really <laughs> shocking that it's taken this many years. So we have, I think, eight pillows on the bed, but they're all many. pillows. No, no, th there's not one decorative pillow on there. None. They're all, two of them are against the back, and I guess they stay there. So maybe we have six. Those could go. I don't care. They stay. They don't get in anybody's way. They're like instead of a headboard. But Every other pillow is used. I sleep on two pillows and I cuddle one pillow <laughs> like a man. You um, did not know uh, that. That is uh, that's I very much like to hold on to a pillow and I my wife now also holds on to a pillow. So or at least you have that option. But I mean when suggestion, I roll suggestion get yeah. rid of the pillows, hold on to each other. Just no, a thought. The, the people are hot and they breathe and they make weird noises. You can't do it. You can't sleep like that. You can you no. Know, you touch a little bit. Your feet touch it or whatever. You hopefully you're you have some impression. So, so some Ben, lovely, it sounds uh, like you don't like to be touched at all when you're sleeping. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be clear. I do. I mean, unless you want to wake me up, then have at it. We are, go ahead. dude. Dude, we're in complete agreement. Right away. I we mean, like one agreement. little. Here you go. I'm sleeping. What? 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 <laughs> yes. Like I'm up. I'm yes. up. If up. if Carl the dog who weighs twenty pounds. Maybe 22 now, he's getting fat. Maybe if he touches me with a paw, I wake up immediately. Yeah, no, I can sleep through the dog's movement, but I can't generally deal with the people. But anyway, I, I but as I said, don't get me wrong. I, I love I love sharing a bed with my wife, but we, yeah. So these pillows, they serve as, first of all, but I have very particular, I like pillows to be super soft. And so sometimes the pillows I like are so soft that one pillow isn't quite enough resistance. Mm -hmm. um, but so, you know, but generally two pillows for the head, one pillow. To hold tightly. So, do you sleep on your side, cuddling this like? Half I can't pillow? sleep on my back. If I like sleep on my Nemo back, I, in, I sleep on my back. I snore instantly. So I've wow, slept on my because so I'm super self-conscious. Uh, so I always sleep on my side. Do you still have I, your tonsils, Ben? 
I have my tonsils. Oh my God, we're so similar. Okay. I don't. I don't think that's a thing that people share. I mean, I no, 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 you no. can share it. I just mean we, I don't think just it's a shared thing. like five different things. No, no, I just don't think having your tonsils is a thing. You go, oh my God, we're so no, similar. No, 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 no. Au contraire, you know, first class guy who travels. Uh, I just went to an ENT, and he said because of your tonsils, whether big or small, once you get into somewhat of an older age, if you sleep on your back. It's going to lead to snoring more. Oh. Thus, I have been told professionally, Dick, mm. that I have to sleep on my side. Don't have to cuddle like the ugly stepchild of a pillow. However, I do have to sleep on my side in order to uh, not snore. Ben, do you have hair? Oh my <laughs> yeah, God, get the fuck out of here. I have hair too. So many things in common. It's crazy. <laughs> Jack, I know you're not wearing glasses right now, but you wear them sometimes, don't you? I do. Oh wait, my wait. God. <laughs> wait, Jenk, are you Jewish? Oh, look at that smile. Do you eat with those teeth? I eat with my teeth. This is nuts. <laughs> okay, okay. So by the way, another side note, I never watch TV in the morning, which is kind of depressing. Like I would love to, I remember when I was single and I had time in my life and I would wake up and I'd watch TV Saturday morning and it was the single best time of the week, of the year. What'd you watch of, on Saturday life? Um. Well, there's, uh, uh, in the old, old days when I was a kid, uh, I've told this story many times, but I had a rotation, Super Friends, uh, Wrestling, uh, McLaughlin Group, and Abbott and Costello. Um, so reruns of Abbott and Costello, I'm not that old. Okay, uh, but when I was single uh, and lived alone, I would watch, especially in the TiVo days, remember TiVo? Uh, when it first came out, I was thrilled and I was like, oh my God, I could just save these episodes and then watch them Saturday morning. This is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, and so I would watching a thing you recorded on TiVo, like a really good show, like watching the idea that I could wake up in the morning and watch ER from Thursday wow. night. That is okay. actually pretty, pretty appealing. I get that. Yeah. The, I, the one show that really uh, sticks out to me is watching Saturday morning was Monk, the defective oh. detective. Right, sure. The, uh, Tony Shalhoub. I didn't. Uh, I don't. Uh, um, I've never watched like fresh TV in the morning. I mean, first of all, Saturdays and Sundays are different because sports are on. Yes, exactly. That doesn't count. But I would still rather count. I still like to get up and go downstairs, and I. Um, that's super important to me. And in fact, I like to. I like. I mean, I like wash my. This sounds crazy, and this makes my wife laugh every time. But I like. Uh, you know, I, I wash my face and I do my hair. Like, I mean, I just at least put water in it. Like, I can't go downstairs looking like I just woke I up. I remember makes, this story. Makes me feel like a schlub. Yes, schlub, very good. I remember this story because the first time I uh, ever uh, laid eyes on Ben, I had to ask him, what do you put in your hair? <laughs> and he told me just water. Like, well, no, I put water, yeah. like, like, a, like a forming cream. You know, I put a little. You didn't I put, say I put, that at the put, time. Put, you gloated about water. In the mornings, I put water in, but I put I put uh, stuff in my hair. But the uh, but like today, so for example, I was in the when I, in the car today, and uh, and I happen as always, you car and you get the sunlight, and I look in the rearview mirror. And anytime I do like a Zoom meeting from the car, which in LA actually happens for me at least fairly frequently, right? You just because you're just in the car a lot, um, and sometimes you're too far to go home. So anyway, but like every gray hair. Massively shows up in the yes. car. If you look in the rearview mirror. I'm laced with gray hair. Yes. Laced with gray, and I'm looking at this here, and I'm like, I look like I dye my hair, <laughs> right? Compared to what it was four hours ago in the car, 
this looks fantastic, but I'm telling yep. you, there's a lot of gray in there. Yes. Yeah. All right, but can we get to the back to the main event, which is so what do you do with the six pillows? That's especially if you got the <laughs> neck issues. I don't get it. Like the minute I put a second pillow under my neck, I, I can't. By the way, he's taking us on a journey. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't do it. It, it hurts my neck too this much. This is your bedroom, Ben. Yeah, yeah. I, we we had a little desk here in the bedroom. Yeah. So I mean, those. But again, they're all for sleeping. Okay. They're all. And then those. Can we turn on that lamp so we could have a better visual? So, but Ben, when you put your head on that second pillow, your neck's gonna hurt, guaranteed. What do you mean, sleeping was? Like, no, you're watching TV. You put your head on the second pillow. It's now on two pillows instead of one. Let, let me solve up. this real quick. Let me solve. Hang this on, the TV. Quick. By the way, the TV is is pretty significantly elevated. In this we show. can't see shit, Ben. All right, let me let me solve this real quick. Um, how much have you spent on your pillows, Jank? Oh, there's a TV. Okay. Yeah, there's the TV. It's it's quite high. And it's far from your bed, which is interesting. It's far from the bed, which has been a, been a, been a great. That's going to help. That's going to yeah. help. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's some distance. I always like to have significant distance, as much distance as possible. It's not always possible, depending on, you know, yeah. where you. Where that you was are. a little Blair Witch Project. That was kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but Rick, go ahead. What were we going to say? Uh, have you ever considered getting better pillows than like, you know, the $20 ones at Target? Me? No, of course not. No, uh, I'm kidding. I, the other day I got, I love flat pillows. I don't like the, I, it hurts my neck if the pillow's too fat. So uh, I had to get a specialty pillow. Luckily it was actually one of our sponsors. And, uh, and we were briefly sp uh, doing uh, podcast reads for them. And, and it works great and I'm thrilled, right? But you put a second pillow under there and I just don't get it. So you guys' necks are totally fine. Two, you mean when pillows. you're watching TV, but you have to, I mean, I generally sit up a little, you know, and that back, the last pillow is super helpful. It's like a, you know, it's a, you can make yourself extremely comfortable. And I'm telling you, I got neck issues that I, that, that, that affect my, that it, it, it that affect me uh, every day. I think about where my neck is, what I'm doing with my neck. Not a day goes by where I don't think, wait, am I going to, this is going to result in discomfort down the road. So. It can be done, but it helps to have it. Uh, helps to have some distance. And so you do is are, is a last thing. I, I know I'm belaboring, but I'm genuinely yeah. curious. Do you put the pillows like? Uh, do, does your shoulder do your shoulders touch the pillows? Yeah, I you think see so. what I'm saying. I Probably. think so. But I, I like have my shoulders touch the pillows, and then I'll have a pillow on top of that, that like for my head to be back on. I mean, it's really like leaning back in a chair, but you've got some. Support behind you. If this happens, yeah, you're you're screwed. You have to. It has to be this. But it can be, it can be done. And the pleasure of watching a show in bed. It's just nice. I don't know. I love it. I love so it. you I, kind of build an incline. It's not like one yeah, pillow yeah. or two pillows. No, no, it's it's more of an incline. incline. It's harder for me to read in bed. Uh, from a neck point of view, that I'm always that. adjusting and trying to figure out, and then I, I got to sit up straight, but I'm trying to fall asleep. So, you know, but when I read in bed. Especially like with the Kindle and all the lights out, uh, you know, I end up like I'm really lying down and reading, and, and then inevitably I I have to keep adjusting to avoid causing neck issues. I, I really think the mounting would help you because then you could put it at the correct height of where you can lay down and watch TV before you go to sleep and lay it, on your back, and then you could also be up. And on an incline to watch TV as well. This is a horrible visual, and I know it's going to be hard to see. The look, it's LA rent. The bedroom is small. 
However, this is perfect for us. Yeah. On, on, on the elevated. weekends, yeah. on the weekends, we are able to watch TV uh, when we get up in the morning because, I mean, you know, what I have to do getting up early, I also don't watch TV in the morning. So Saturdays can easily go on an incline. And then also because it's the perfect height where you're lying down at a distance, could also watch TV in bed. And right yeah. now, I know this goes against everything that is synagogue I just started watching Seinfeld and I love it. You mean you didn't watch it the first time? This is your nope. first go round? Yep. Wow. You're wow. That's something. I watched, I mean, I loved Curb. I just didn't grow up on Seinfeld. I get, wow. That's yeah, because it's, you're younger. It's, than it's, it's amazing. It's exactly. funny. How old a man, how old a man are you? And I'm using man pretty generically here. Right, right, um, right. I mean, I have been bar mitzvahed, so fuck you. Um, uh, 33. 33. Yeah, I mean, like think Christ. about it, Ben. That's a lot younger than us. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I it's, could be Rick's dad. I mean, there are plenty of 33 year olds with 55 year olds. You're 45, you said. <laughs> He's not. I know. <laughs> okay. But you know what, Rick? That's actually awesome because you got a treat. I mean, you got a massive, massive treat coming in yeah, your direction. Yeah. Seinfeld is, I, I think, actually way better than Curb. I love Curb now, and but Curb gets extreme because he doesn't have uh, Jerry to rein him in, like writing-wise, right, and and plot-wise. And it turns out Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David were the perfect combo. Mm. Sometimes you just nail it, right, for as a combo. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see. I mean, I, I, I think that. Well, first of all, I think that you do an injustice by sort of picking one that's better. I mean, Curb is a such a natural, I mean, Curb is a little bit, what would happen to Jerry, George really. George. If yeah. George lived 20 years longer, you yeah. know, and, and George were, but George were closer to having Larry's, uh, to having uh, Jerry's sense of humor, right? George is funnier, but gets old. That's pretty much what Curb is. So I think they're, I think they're perfect uh, companion. Was there ever an episode, Jake, that got too uh, cringe for you and was too hard to watch that you turned off? Oh, for I don't know, turned off. But yeah, for definitely get tough. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually, there was one episode, and I never turn off something in the middle, almost never. Okay, yeah. but I there was an episode of Curb that I turned off in the middle, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, and so, yeah, he he pushes my limits for how much cringe I can. Stomach, especially in the middle seasons. I actually stopped watching in the middle seasons. Okay. The problem is I don't remember what the middle seasons are, so I I can't go back and rewatch because I would hate to watch it one that I watched before. I would feel like such a waste of time. And since I lost track, I, I'm I'm never going back to the middle of Curb. Well, but it's I'll funny. I don't, Jake. I this is interesting. I don't have any issue rewatching a comedy at all. So I've I'll I I have rewatched Curb. I don't remember them. I mean, I'll remember little bits like, right. oh yeah, right. right. This happens there. I remember this guy's performance, but I mean, people, you asked me about a curb episode. I can barely remember any, right? Except I think the one that was probably too cringe for Jank was when Larry forgot flowers to go to a different function and there was a roadside memorial. So he went and picked up flowers at the roadside memorial to bring no, to the that's other funny. function. That's funny, that's funny, okay. that's funny. No, no, it was like, 
when things got like too scatological or something, I don't know. I'm not a queasy guy. When at he like all. yells stuff, I don't love. Like when he's like starts. Yeah, yelling, no, yeah. no. What it is is when he's no. Actually, it's not even scatological. I think there was one episode where he got like they talked about his dick too much or something. I don't remember, but but it's mainly Muncie Bogues episode. Yeah, it maybe, but may it's mainly when he's too much of a dick. Right. That makes yeah. me uncomfortable. Like, yeah. like there's a line. It's hilarious up to nine, but once you get to ten, I'm like, oh god damn it, that's really uncomfortable to watch. I saw it just bothers me. I saw a repost on TikTok of an interview, not uh not Rex, Simon Rex did an interview on a podcast and he was like I, I went to Rancho Park and I couldn't believe it, but Larry David was ahead of me in line at the driving range. And it was something straight out of curb where a bucket of balls is $11. And he said, why is a bucket of balls $11? Why can't it be 10? Because now I, I, I got to get you know a, a five and four singles and I got to walk around with that. Why can't I just give you a 20 and you give me one back? Because now I got to walk around in my pocket with all these different all these different things of money. It's just ridiculous. And Simon Rex was like, I cannot believe that this is like actually him. And he's pulling the same shit that he would in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, well, look, and now I'll go completely the other direction. It, you have to give Larry David, first of all, credit a thousand times over for Seinfeld and Curb, obviously, right? But, um, but particularly for Curb in that, he kind of invented a genre of dick comedy. Like, I don't mean penis. I mean, like, being such an <laughs> annoying dick that it's like a, it's a thing. Like, things happen to me, and I think, yeah, that's a curb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and in fact, now one of my life goals is to have me and Ben help write an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mm. And I even started mm. taking notes. I've got like two or three things that happen in my real life where I'm like, oh, Larry's gonna love this. No. He's gonna love it. No, because it didn't happen to him. He'd probably hate it. There was that there was a one episode of when he was at the the ice cream shop and the woman kept asking for different samples and different samples. And then she goes, Oh, can I try the banana? And he goes, Oh, I wonder what that tastes like. Hmm, let me guess. Banana. <laughs> I'm telling you, up to a nine is awesome. <laughs> ben, you're muted. Ben. You're still you're, muted, Ben. Ben, you're muted. Wow. When you, people are really waiting. Are 65. Uh, well, my dog was barking, so I hit the mute. So the uh uh the when people are waiting, you um you can't ask for more than two samples. I'm not sure you can ask for the second sample when people are waiting. You could ask for two samples. Three is excessive. No, yeah. three, you're breaking what, what the, if the you've broken sucks? the you break the social contract. So you're saying one sample? Well, if the people are waiting, you have a sample, then make a choice. It's ice cream. You've had it before. What if that's like, uh, you right, you what, know what what if it's a different place that you're going? Well, then choose the sample wisely, Richard. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh so we're out of time. But I tell you, I mean, the basically the the Larry David thing is, if someone breaks a social contract, a you tell them, and b you break it four times as hard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just to point out how they broke the social contract. Okay, that's right. that, that's, that's curb. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, much love, uh, everybody. Check out Rick on TYT Sports. Uh, it's awesome. It's gangbusters, Ben. Uh, 
as always. Uh, I'll see you um, soon when we're writing a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we'll uh, we'll speak later, Richard. Great to uh, great to see you again. It's been uh, it's been too long. We should have a we should have a meal, not together. But should definitely no no, no 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 no. There should be a table in between us. Uh, we should get together Saturday morning, watch an old episode of Monk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, All right, guys. Nice love. See you next time.